This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes. And it all leads up to one winning, winning try. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita show on 105.7 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And on to Seattle, Cordell, the Ravens host the Seattle Seahawks at home for, I believe, a three-game stretch at home coming up. Um, And the first opponent is Seattle. So, you know, Seattle believes that they are uh, a contender in the NFC, which is not hard to believe. I mean, the NFC is, to me, not as um, thick and as uh, hard to maneuver as the AFC. And with San Francisco losing three straight, I believe that Seattle has thought that they can potentially contend here. So we'll start with the Ravens' offense against uh, the Seattle's defense. One thing that we do need to note is that Seattle earlier this week traded for Leonard Williams from the New York Giants. So he um, more than likely will play um, this coming weekend. That is a bolster to their defensive line uh, against this Ravens' offense, who um, is still trying to navigate and find their way. However, again, if you are a person that's into fantasy football and you like DVOA, they're currently ranked fourth um, overall in the National Football League, um, despite some of their inconsistencies. So when you look at this Seattle Seahawks defense, Cordell, what is it that you see that could potentially pose as a problem to this Ravens offense? Um, I see the best secondary that the Ravens have faced to this point in the season. I mean, and I, I don't even think it's really close. You look at Seattle, um, they've got the they're they're not the Legion of Boom yet. Um, but they they got some guys that are definitely cut from that same cloth. Obviously, Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs as that safety duo. You got a healthy Jamal Adams right now, and Quandre Diggs has really um I think revived himself over the last couple of years in Seattle. Um, good good at tracking the ball, hard hitter, um, just a good staple on the back end 
of that defense. And then you look at their corners um, and they've got two young, good ones. Um, and Devin Witherspoon, who's the rookie this year and Tariq Woolen, who was a really good rookie last year um, for Seattle, who's starting to, to come back into his own as well. So that it really starts for me on the back end of that defense, but then you go to the second level, Bobby Wagner, uh, long time linebacker in this league has played in Seattle for a while left, came back still tackling machine out there. Jordan Brooks got a lot of speed can go sideline to sideline. Um, Boye Mafe uh, as well. The guy that they drafted what I think a year ago as well. So nice nucleus on that second level. And then you mentioned Leonard Williams. They just traded for him. That was kind of the the missing piece in their defense is kind of that front group. They have Jerron Reed there. That's a good start up the middle, but they didn't have anybody else to really be that uh, run stopper, really be able to help put pressure on the quarterback from that front line. But going to get Leonard Williams really solves that problem. And then some, you look at Seattle's defense. I mean, first in points, per game allowed at 12 and a half Uh, first in yards per play at 4.1 second in yards allowed at 274 Uh, first in sacks per game at a little over five sacks uh, a game for this defense. I mean, they are fast, they are physical and they're the main ones that keep Seattle in these games that they're in. If you look at Seattle's games, offenses don't have a lot of success against them. And then if they do, it's not for very long. They kind of cut the well off after a while. So I, I, I just really think that if you're the Ravens, you're going to need Ronnie Stanley's most consistent day. He's been up and down this year. We're seeing him get pushed into the pocket, pushed into Lamar a couple yeah. of times against uh, Arizona. That's not going to be able to happen. You're going to have to um, establish the run against this Seattle defense. You're not going to be able to just come out there and just drop back and pass 40 times a game and think it's going to be okay. This is a team that can get after the quarterback, and this is a team that can cover. Lamar has struggled in zone. They they sit in cover three. This is a cover three defense that they're going to play. They're going to sit in cover three all game. So they're not going to blitz a lot. They're going to rely on their guys to get there, and it's going to be some of what we saw against Arizona where they're pretty much blanking in the field um, in coverage. Now, Arizona ran a little more cover four um, than you're going to see in this Seattle um, matchup. That they, they really are cut and dry. You know what they're going to call defensively, and they don't care. They're still coming out there, and they're going to play that because they feel like they have the personnel that can execute that all game. So I'm I'm really intrigued um, to see this Ravens offense against this secondary because the Ravens have been able to pass the ball really well this year. But like I said, I think that this is by far um, the best secondary that they're going to face. So with point. knowing with knowing that, and you saying that they are who they are, and they're not going to change, and 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 basically you have to find a way to beat them. Um, you did mention the run game. You said that they have to establish the run. So we we are aware of that. Earlier this week, we had conversations about um, Rashad Bateman and potentially getting him more involved and potentially moving Odell more to slot situations that will help bolster this offense. So what do you think is the best way to maneuver knowing that they're going to come into this game, of course, trying to run, trying to get some pressure on Lamar, uh, particularly, you know, with Ronnie Stanley struggling and then playing a covered three? 
in the backfield. Yeah, I mean, you you can hit the seams. You know, the cover three, the weakness is kind of those seams right up the middle. Um, so you could possibly hit that. Maybe some Mark Andrews. They're so used to seeing Mark kind of do those crossing routes. Maybe you let him kind of try to go up the seam a couple of times. Same with Zay um, right up the slot. That that could work. Some of those slot, I mean, some of those uh, mesh routes that they like to run would be good against cover three as well. Um, they've been really good. Everybody has kind of critiqued them on not going but so far down the field and kind of eating on some of these short to intermediate routes and getting some yak, that'll be the way to go. Getting some of your guys to sit down in the zone, find some of those vacated areas and, and attack them there. But ultimately the run game has to be the focal point. If, if a team is going to come out there and, and zone you up and only rush three or four, you, you've got to be able to not allow them to feel so comfortable dropping back. Um, so the run game with Gus Edwards and those guys and Lamar um, is go is definitely going to be important just to make them stay honest. But I, I think it's going to be in, in terms of the passing game, I think it'll be the same routes and really having guys find those vacated areas in the zone and make sure they're sitting down. We've seen some miscommunications with Lamar and Zay at times where Lamar has thought that Zay was going to sit down in the zone and Zay kept running. You're not going to be able to do that this week against Seattle because they'll take advantage of that. Same thing with Rashad Bateman. We've seen him and Lamar have their disconnects at times where Lamar think he's going to break a certain way at the end of his route and Bateman goes the total opposite. Um, that these, these these guys have ball hawks on their defense, on the back end of that defense. So you have to make sure that what you see is what you, you know, it, or what you think you see is what it is in all actuality because they, they will take advantage of your mistakes. And, and so, uh, of course, the quote that's been going around for the past uh, almost 24 hours is uh, Gus Edwards was asked about, you know, um, his load. Uh, being increased for this game. And he said, and I quote, I'm ready for it. I'm hoping I get a big load again this week. And of course that, that has created some chatter uh, in social media land because we are juvenile. We're children. We're very immature. I mean, I'm sitting right there as he's saying it. And I, I mean, I, 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 I think we, we made a little glance at each other. Like, I, right, I'm not, I'm not going to hit you, you know, with, with what I want to hit you with right now because it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, situation, uh, but you know, pause. Yeah, I said it with my eyes. I said it with my eyes. <laughs> like, okay, you were there. So, did he say it jovial or th like did he not realize that he said he that and we are children? I think he realized it after. After the fact? he realized it after, and you know, a lot of the media they not they're not hip to you know to actually what what we're talking about. So, <laughs> Um, like I said, I, I, I know he knew I was hip because I gave him a look like, oh, hold up and, 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 and think he kind of, he gave a little smirk and then he tried to like move on. I think he knew what was going on though. <laughs> so Gus said that he is ready to, you know, be the guy and, and look after all of the chatter of potentially bringing a running back into the fold, you know, I'm sure he's heard all of those things and I don't, I don't ever think that Gus has felt like, well, I don't, I can't speak for him. I don't, I don't think that the Ravens ever felt like Gus can't do the job, but I think that in the back of their mind, the injuries has been what they're concerned about and giving him 
the load that he is asking for. It might be too much because he's been dealing and battling with injuries for the past couple of years. So, um, I, but I think that Gus is more, um, when he is on, he is on and it is nothing that will stop him essentially. Um, when you look at the second half of that game against the Cardinals, he just started chipping away, chipping away. I think the Ravens just have to find a way to be consistent with the run game, something that they really didn't have the opportunity to do. Well, not the opportunity, they just didn't do in the first half of that game. I do think that you have to find a way to get your running backs involved. Do you think we see Keaton Mitchell a little bit more on Sunday? It's weird. You know, um, I'd like to. I'd like to. Um, I think Justice Justice is still doing fairly well with the opportunities that he's getting, limited opportunities. He's not, you know, he's not doing anything groundbreaking. Um, but he he is doing enough to where you can't fully condone taking him out of the rotation. Um, and I don't know if it's enough carries for three backs to to all get a share and then account for Lamar getting some of his as well. So, I mean, I'd like to see Keaton Mitchell. I just think it's tough to take any of those guys out right now. Completely agree with you. So we'll find out. Uh, again, the Ravens are ranked fourth on offense and DVOA. The Seahawks on defense are ranked 15th because I don't think I mentioned that um, earlier. So if, if that's something that you care about, that's just something to watch out for. All right, let's flip the script to the other side of the ball. Uh, Ravens, as of right now, DVOA number one in the National Football League. I mean, they have played phenomenal um, especially with all the question marks coming into the season. They said, what question marks? We're good over here uh, against a Seattle Seahawks uh, offense that is ranked ninth um, in DVOA. And so we know about Geno Smith, of course, and Kenneth Walker is there. But ultimately, the big story for them is their wide receiver room, that they have Tyler Lockett, they have DK Metcalf, and then they also went out in the draft and got Jackson Smith <clears throat> I never like to say his last name because I don't like to say people's names wrong. Um, but JSN. I'm just Jigba. Yeah, thank you. Because yeah. I don't like to say people's names wrong. I hate when people say my name wrong. So I'm yeah. not going to butcher that young man's last name. So I'll call him JSN for short. Um, but ultimately, that room has been impactful for what it is that they have been doing. Tyler Lockett has been with that team for quite a while, and he's been a consistent um, playmaker for them. Obviously, we know what DK Metcalf can do. And then if you follow GSN in college, you know that he's a playmaker and he's done well for them as well. So this definitely feels like this poses as a potential threat. And um, even to the point where Marlon Humphrey, you know, mentioned it, he said that him and Brandon Stevens, or he calls him B. Steve, um, you know, just really got to make sure that they do their part and, you know, covering these guys and just making sure that they don't get any big plays off of them. Cordell, you've already mentioned, like, you feel like Stevens has played some of his best football and probably one of the better cornerbacks, even over Marlon Humphrey thus far this year. So is this the week that Marlon steps it up? I mean, I feel like he has no choice because this is a really good wide receiving core. It is. It is. Um, one thing about them, Marlon was absolutely right. Gino is going to throw outside. He's going to throw to his outside receivers. That's who he's looking at all day. Um, so they are going to get a lot of work, both of those guys. And so will those safeties because they will test you deep. Um, Tyler Lockett is the one 
that you really have to pay attention to the most, though. Everybody gets caught up in DK Metcalf because, of, you know, he's the big physical specimen. He's fast. He can go up and get it. He's six, what, six, five, whatever he is, six, four, runs like a four, two, four, three. Uh, I totally understand it. But watching Seattle, and I, I do watch quite a bit of Seattle, um, Tyler Lockett is the guy. He he He's the guy that finds the end zone more times than not. He's the guy that you really do have to watch on some of those deep routes. Um, and I don't know how he still manages to continue to get open. I mean, he, he just does. He gets over the top of the defense. Now, the good thing for the Ravens is they've been the best team in the league in terms of not allowing the big play down the field. It, I don't I don't know many big plays that the Ravens have given up this year in the past game. Um, so that bodes well for them. Geno's not playing the way that he played last year. Let's just call it what it is. He's he's not having that type of year right now. It's not terrible, um, but just not as efficient as he was last year. So you can get him to turn the ball over. You can get him to make mistakes. You can get him to take some sacks uh, by confusing him. Um, I do think that nickel blitz that the Ravens have used all year will work again against Seattle this week. Um, Seattle does want to run the ball. This is Pete Carroll. He is not going to let them be one dimensional. He does want them to run the ball. So you do got to pay attention to Kenneth Walker, who gets involved in the pass game as well. But he's really good at finishing um, in goal line situations. I mean, they get down inside the five they're giving the ball to Kenneth Walker and more times than not, he does find the end zone. So definitely got to give him credit for that. Um, but D, the, the DK is a problem, but he's just not consistently involved. DK will be involved early in the game. And as the game goes on, he just disappears. He, he flat mm-hmm. out disappears. Um, and I don't know if that's scripting, I don't know if it's the way that teams are guarding him, but DK just has not been uh, the type of player that we're used to seeing him be over the last couple of years. You look at DK's games. um, This last game against Cleveland had a season high, uh, 14 targets, only five catches for 67 yards, though. Uh, He missed the Arizona game. The game before that against Cincinnati, four catches for 69 yards on nine targets. The Giants game three catches on four targets. I mean, DK gets started early. They make it. They may. I'm going I'm to give you this script right now. Seattle will probably score on the first drive of the game because that's what they do. They come out firing. They're going to walk up the field. They're probably going to score on the first drive. After that, you may not hear anything else from the Seattle offense until maybe the fourth quarter. I mean, that's just how <laughs> it's gone for them. So I, I I do think it'll be a battle between the Ravens offense versus the Seattle defense. But in terms of Seattle's offense against the Ravens defense, I think as the game goes on, the Ravens defense will will be just fine because Seattle's offense on the on a weekly basis just seems to always stall out. My, I think one of the things that you mentioned about Kenneth Walker is like, you know, um, what we saw last week from Demarcado, and I hope I said his name right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he averaged almost four yards per carry, didn't get a hundred yards, but you know, you, you saw him chipping away, chipping away, getting good yardage. And so we're, I think, I think the wide receiving room is obviously something that we should be concerned about, right? Because based on their names, you know, that they can make plays, but 
are we just underthelling what Kenneth Walker can do, particularly after seeing them utilize a guy? And I didn't really see many negative yards um, from the Arizona's running backs last week. I, I do think that that's something that we should just not – it's not a concern. I don't want to say that. But it's something that we should be on the lookout for and not take for granted if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, definitely. You definitely can't overlook Kenneth Walker. I mean, he yeah. is, he is a big part of what they like to do. Like I said, they definitely like to run the ball and he's a good running back. I mean, it, with, without a doubt, he's a, he's a good running back. Um, and they do have other weapons, Jackson Smith and Jigba, like you mentioned, Noah Fant out there as well. It's Not just, about Noah Fant, the tight end. Yeah. They just don't, they just don't get him involved a lot. Um, but you do got to, watch him because just when you're not paying him attention he's open and Gino Gino is looking for big plays that's one thing about Gino Smith he's looking for big plays he does want to throw the ball vertically down the field he throws it outside the numbers quite a bit um but Gino just gets into a shell where like I said I, I think Gino is is I don't want to say easy to confuse but you can confuse him often and uh if he the the I don't know how often the Ravens will confuse him because Mike McDonald does like to come out with the same type of looks, but so he may not confuse him pre-snap, but I think as the play goes on is maybe where he could catch Geno slip and he could think he sees something that he actually doesn't. Um, but I really do like the matchup with the Ravens defense against um, Seattle's offense. They're just inconsistent. Uh, they're turnover prone. Um, and I, I just feel like that, that, bodes well for the Ravens now remember they came back and won against what a lot of people considered to be a very good Cleveland Browns defense and ended up winning that game um who is ranked two in defensive DVOA so I hear you I do but I don't want to I don't want to get too comfortable, you know, because the, the Browns defense is very good. And then they found a way to come back uh, after being down late in the fourth quarter to win that game. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, in large part due to P.J. Walker, who stinks. Um, <laughs> very good. Good point. I mean, they're turning it over. I wouldn't say the man stinks, but he, he ain't as obviously as good as uh, Deshaun Watson, I would think, at quarterback. So no. you're right. OK. I mean, I mean, and I don't want a situation they didn't want to be in. Right. I mean, and it it was a low scoring. It it was still a very low scoring second. I mean, Seattle scored 17 in the first quarter. Like I said, they start fast. They didn't score again until the fourth quarter. They they scored that seven, the the touchdown they needed um, in the fourth quarter. Once the deep, you know, Cleveland's defense is carrying them all game. But definitely this is a, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like, I think that the the Seahawks aren't good or something like that. I mean, this is definitely a team that can beat you if you allow them to without without question. Um, and if you let any NFL team hang around, how about it? You're going to you're going to pay the price at the end of the day. So for sure, this is a team that if you get the opportunity, you have to put them away because they are tough. They 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 are a tough team. They're coached well, um, and they're not just going to go away. Completely agree with you there. All right, so it's decision-making time, Cordell. Uh, Ravens are the number one DVOA team in the National Football League. Seattle is 10th. The Ravens are five-and-a-half-point favorites. 
The Ravens currently are the number one team in the AFC North. Seattle is the number one team as of right now uh, in the NFC West because they are a half game above the San Francisco 49ers. I, look, I didn't even realize that they were five and two. I definitely thought they had three losses, but I guess I'm wrong here. And so instead of being four and three that I originally thought, they are five and two. So one o'clock game. I think that that's something to be said because um, a lot of times West Coast teams don't necessarily do well um, against teams on the East Coast at one o'clock. Um, if it was a four o'clock game, it's more closer to their normal time. But this time it's, you know, basically 10 o'clock game for them um, early in the morning. And I know that I sat here and talked about what happened last week um, against the Browns, but they were at home. So that's a different situation there. Um, I, I just I, I think sometimes those things come into play, um, oh. especially depending on when the team decides to travel um, to those uh, games. So what is your take? Do you think that the Ravens continue their win streak or is Seattle posing a problem for them? Yeah, I think, I think the Ravens win this game. Um, I, I don't want, I don't think it'll be easy, but I do think it'll be one of those games where it may look like the Titans game where they're in control. I think they'll be in control most of the game, if not the entire game. It just may not be pretty for 60 minutes. That's fine. That's the way Seattle plays. And really, that's the way the Ravens want it. It's the AFC. I was listening to uh, um, Vinny and Haney on 105.7 coming in. And Vinny made a good point that the Ravens need to turn this game into an AFC North battle. And I totally agree. Um, that's and, and, and the thing, though, that's not uncommon for the Seattle Seahawks. Right. Who are in the physical division of yep. their own. Um, but I just think that the Ravens know how to out ugly people and especially at home. And I just don't think very highly of Seattle's offense. So I'm going to go Ravens 24, uh, 13. Yeah. I'm, listen, uh, nobody knows how to play ugly football more than any team. Say, Would you say? A, I don't know why I keep giving the other team 13 points. I feel like yeah, every you, 13 is your number. We've come to the conclusion that 13 is your number and you just going to stick with it essentially for the rest of the season. And unless you really feel like the Ravens are winning that game. <laughs> and that's what cool. 13 is Cordell's number when he thinks that the team is going to lose. We're just going to roll with that. Um, for me, uh, look, nobody knows how to out ugly games more than anybody in the AFC North. I, you know, the Steelers are they, they be winning ugly, they want ugly against the Ravens, you know yep. what I'm saying? Um, the Browns, the Bengals, we know ugly football better than anybody else, and so uh, we saw an ugly, an ugly game last week against the Arizona Cardinals, you know. So, um, yeah, I don't expect uh either team to be extremely polished. Like you said, you know, Seattle does have hot starts and then they sputter. Um, and my concern is, is that, you know, I, I don't, it's not a concern for me. I know that this defense will be ready to play. I think that Mike McDonald does a really good job of keeping them um, prepared and making sure that they're ready to play their best football 
and that they're not going to just slip up just because they're, you know, considered one of the, the, the number one defense in the National Football League. So um, I would not be surprised if there's, you know, pressures, more pressures and, you know, just trying to get Geno off of his game to try to, you know, rattle him a little bit in terms of when he wants to make decisions to throw. And I, I definitely think that this will be a game that the defense might have to really step. I mean, they, they've already stepped up, but continue to step up. Um, and I say that because I still think that this offense still has some work to do. I, I it, you know, until they figure out what they want to do with Odell and until they realize that Rashad Bateman should probably get more touches, I think that there's still going to be some ugly offense. But the, the, the beautiful thing about that, though, Cordell, is that this offense is ugly, but they still score points. That's the one thing that you, you know, you have, you you can say, look, it ain't pretty, but they out there scoring 20 plus points essentially every game, minus the Steelers game, of course. But they've scored 20 plus points, majority of the season. So yep. um, although it's not a beautiful, you know, outing for them, they still know how to find a way to get into the end zone. So I do think that this is going to be a Ravens win, but I'm going to go a little bit closer I'm going to say that the score is going to be 27-23 because I feel like Seattle is just going to find a way to try to be involved in the fourth quarter, and it's going to be a real close one um, at the end. So, which means the Ravens are not covering because they're five-and-a-half favorites. Uh, but if I, my math is mathing, that means that they will do the over for 44. What, so, did, you say, 20, what did you say the score was? 27, 23, 27. Yeah, that's over. Yeah. So that's 50. Correct. If my math is math and that's 50. So um, I don't think that they cover, but I think that the over happens in this game. Um, I definitely think that um, being a one o'clock game on the East Coast is probably, you know, Look, I mean, I'm sure they're professionals. I understand that guys can uh, are supposed to be ready to play at any time, and I'm not trying to take that away from them. But sometimes it, it does matter, and you know, it'll be interesting to see how they overcome that adversity um, in doing that. So I am also picking the Ravens to win, and I, I agree with you. I think that they treat this like a um, AFC North type game because the Seattle Seahawks are a physical type team. Yeah, I mean, look, this game could definitely turn out to be one of those close ones. It, it definitely could be. Um, it, I, I'm just curious to if – I just think very highly of the Ravens' defense, um, and I just think after a while I've just seen Seattle's defense kind of just uh, – offense hit a wall, um, and I, I don't know if they'll be – the question will be when they hit the wall, will their defense be able to – keep the Ravens offense at bay as well. Cause we've seen the Ravens offense hit a wall as well. I mean, these yep. are two similar types of teams in their own right. So um, I, I will be curious to see which offense ends up uh, kind of outdoing the other in this game, because I think both defenses are going to show up. Absolutely. So this will be interesting to, to watch because the Seahawks are better than I expected in terms of record, apparently. <laughs> so, um, you know, and again, they're currently in first place. They're not trying to, you know, slip away from um, their ranks. And we know that the 49ers, although they're going through a situation right now, they're too talented to stay down too long. So they, I'm sure that this is, I don't want to say a must win, but it, because this is a non-conference game um, for both teams, obviously, but it feels like 
you got to win this game because at any time the 49ers can find a way back. And for the Ravens, right, who are only one and, uh, one and a half games ahead of the Cincinnati Bengals who feel like they're catching a groove as well. So um, it just will be interesting to see who, who ends up last. But I think that the Ravens are too talented overall um, in terms of their team. Um, and then Seattle just has a, some inconsistencies. Not that the Raven ducks, Ravens don't, because we know that they do. I just feel like Seattle has a little bit more inconsistencies there. I think the Ravens pulled this one off at home. So if you are at going to the game on Sunday, make sure that you are loud. Make sure that you get up uh, and, and make all the noise so you can keep those guys at bay. It's not going to be like the 12th man, because we know that's one of the loudest stadiums. But make it close enough. Make yeah. it enough. They are mic'd up stadium. <laughs> oh, so you don't believe it's real? Uh, it's for years. For years, they've been. They, it's been talked about how they got the mics out there, man. I've, I've seen too many playoff games. I, I have a, a small disdain for Seattle. Uh, Ooh. My, my heyday. So yeah, okay. I, I, I don't very much care for the Seahawks. Ah, I understand now. Now we understand some personal <laughs> business over here for more than a little dose of it mixed in there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so make it enough on Sunday. Make sure that y'all are loud uh, when they are on offense so they can secure this win as they will be heading to two uh, in-division games following this, and, and hopefully they can continue their lead in the AFC North. So we want to thank you all for listening. Enjoy the weekend. If you're going to the game, make sure you're going to be safe. It's going to be 70 degrees this weekend, so it should be a beautiful day football so um we want to we will be talking about the aftermath uh once the game is over we'll do our recap episode hopefully for a ravens win so we'll talk to you guys soon from cordell to me this is winning drive Twenty Four Hundred sports is an odyssey company 